0: Hello and welcome to I Can Always Do Something Stupid. I'm Catherine and I am an inclusive and accessible yoga teacher and movement coach and I'm here to chat and talk shit about all the stupid things we do, think and say. How we let them limit us, define us, how human it is and how fun doing stupid shit can be. Nobody is perfect and growing up is overrated. So join me as we delve into all things stupid. On today's episode, I am chatting to Ashlyn from Awaken Health Wellness Yoga. She's a yoga teacher based out of Warramoo, New South Wales, former high school visual arts, photography and positive psychology teacher, who is now a yoga teacher slash health coach. And she also incorporates all the other skills she's learnt along the way. She's also a downright awesome chick, and I almost called this episode far too Funny because... <laughs> We had a good chat about that. If you're not into fart talk, skip ahead about 5 minutes, otherwise enjoy the rest of the show. And farts will always be funny. Farts are always funny. <laughs> farts are will always be funny. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And they should be.
0: Yeah. And the fact that like I'm I'm probably the worst yoga teacher because if people fart in a class, I want to laugh. <laughs> And, you know, yeah. I remember having other yoga teachers. Yeah. If someone farted in class, they'd be very serious. Yeah. And, you know, they'd probably say something like, yep. everybody farts. It's okay. It's not that. And I'd be the one in yeah. the class laughing. And now I'm the fucking teacher laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh Yeah. You know, I don't know the proper way to handle it. I'm just handling it the that. best way I can, which is farts are funny.
1: <laughs> my mum was the first one to fart in oh my class. I was hurt because I could not control myself. <laughs> it wasn't particularly professional on my part, but.
0: <laughs> was she mortified?
1: A little bit, but she got over it pretty quick. See <laughs> yeah, how I'm crying I'm, really just, I'm reliving it.
0: Was she the only one in the class, or was there like a lot of people?
1: I think she, some of her friends were in it too. <laughs> I think there was about. um four Or five of us. There was a in the early days. Oh man, <coughs> that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like
1: it. Uh, I'm glad I kind of got that one out of the way too <clears throat> because you know I'm glad it was mum. I can have my massive giggle and then reflect on that for next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Has it not happened again?
1: Uh, the next time that someone did it was my friend. And it was all of my friends in my class. And we all just pissed ourselves Because <laughs> it was a big one. <laughs> and then I think since then, <clears throat> if it's been someone I haven't really known, then, you know, just kind of let it go.
0: <laughs> so you don't laugh at them Unintended. and you don't acknowledge it or yeah. anything?
1: Yeah. I mean, just kind of keep moving with things.
0: <laughs> yeah. I suppose it depends where you are in the class, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Like some I've let go and just gone, oh, yeah, someone farted. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I farted in class once, like when I was a student, <clears throat> and it was the funniest thing because I didn't even realise it was me. I, like, I didn't know it was brewing. <laughs> we were doing—they do the, surprise you, don't they? We were doing the rolling up and down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it came out on the way up, <laughs> and I came up and I'm like, "Was that me?" <laughs> and my maker, yes, it was. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I didn't even feel that coming <laughs> and I lost my shit. It was just so funny. Oh, <laughs> oh That was that was my best farting moment.
1: <laughs> uh, they, they do increasingly just sneak up on you though, don't they?
0: <laughs> oh dear, what do you get? This is why old people fart all the time because they just so. don't know what's there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Oh my goodness. Like a rumba. It's great. Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. In the bloopers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm.
1: I'll make sure to bring it up like hey? that.
0: I'll bring it up later. Oh, that's, that's all <laughs> recorded. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you're recording it there. Yeah. It's been yeah. recorded yeah. here. We're, we're cool. <laughs> I'll send that clip to
1: mum. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, too, I don't know where we were, but I was with some of my friends, and I don't know how it came up, but farts in yoga. I think mum had a wine or two, or maybe not even. She's very lively without it anyway. She's a hairdresser. Um, she goes, I was the first one to fart in Dash's class. <laughs> it was me. She's very proud of it. Oh, oh it's on. a mess. Yeah. I
0: like it, taking ownership of it after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, we could have like a whole podcast just on farts, couldn't
1: we? Could. I just had another memory pop into my head. I don't know if I should share it though. <laughs> About my little sister.
0: Uh, now that you know we're recording oh, yeah. and I could use this against you.
1: You, <laughs> <laughs> you could. Uh we'll see. No. We'll see if the moment takes me later <laughs> if I mention it. Oh god.
0: Uh, all right. uh <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> You gotta get all laughing at me, dear. We're cool. We're serious, serious business women. Professionals.
1: <laughs> Very professional.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I <laughs>
0: started again. All right, we can do this. We can totally do this. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me in your home. Like awesome awesome place very jealous of your um studio out the back that's very cool
1: thank you it's definitely a labor of love
0: Yeah, and still laboring yes <laughs> <laughs> um so i've got you on here today to obviously you're going to share a significant limiting belief that you've had and that you've moved through so you want to go ahead and dig mm. into that
1: yeah, there's probably a few, but uh, where, just, to start? where to start?
0: The most significant, mm. what stands out as like, this was a turning point?
1: Yeah, um, probably one of the biggest limiting beliefs that I have had, has been very consistent, is to do with my intelligence. And I think it's probably quite common for a lot of people, especially going through school when we did, and, and knowing what the school system was like back then, it didn't really cater to a lot of individual needs particularly well. And I only understand that now after being a teacher myself. (laughs) And there was a lot of comparison between my level of intelligence and what I perceived other people's to be as well. Because school did feel like a bit of a struggle. I enjoyed it, but I always felt like I could do better or I could do more, but I just didn't really know how. And so I can see how that came with me into my teaching career as well. I'd never planned to become a teacher. I originally thought I'd never planned to go to university or do any other study. (laughs) Originally, I just thought, oh, you know, I'll just go to Europe. All I knew was I wanted to travel. I thought, oh, you know, I'll just wait tables and stuff in Europe and that's just what life will be and it'll be amazing. It'll be fun. And then it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) I did go to TAFE after school and did a Certificate three in, um, like, I can't remember what it was called, international retail travel sales. Very fancy way of saying that you could become a travel agent. (laughs) Wow. And that was good. That was interesting because, again, that's all I really knew that I wanted to do was to travel. And then nothing really came of it too much because everyone wanted people who had experience. And I was you know, 19, almost 19 by the time I finished and I hadn't really travelled anywhere other than New Zealand. <laughs> um, so I ended up getting a, a job as a receptionist at a local place for a couple of years. And, you know, it was fine. Paid the bills and everything, got a bit of life experience. And then after a year and a half in that, I decided to go to TAFE and study fine arts. And that was, I, I probably wouldn't have done that had my stepdad just said, hey, Ash, there's this course at TAFE, why don't you have a think about it? I'm like, okay. (laughs) Because I was good at art, painting, drawing, it's kind of what I did in my spare time anyway, but I never really considered a career in it. And then it just, everything just fell into place as it does. I didn't really have too much of a plan other than I guess I'll become a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) So it did take me a couple of years extra to do it because I went to TAFE first for two years to do that. And then uni was another four years on top of that. So for most people, it takes them four years, but it took me six. But, you know, in hindsight, it was the perfect way for me to do it. Um, I am a slow processing unit, as I mentioned to you before. <laughs> Things need time to kind of marinate in my brain. But those limiting beliefs from high school, you know, it probably wasn't even high school. It was also primary school too, I think. And it was pretty subtle, but it was there. But I can also identify that I think those... That limiting belief about intelligence wasn't just mine either. I think it was definitely my dad's too, because he was moving around a lot. So his education was pretty patchy. And I can see from his experience that I've inherited a little bit of that too, which has been interesting to observe over the years. And, you know, just, I guess the idea of both parents not finishing high school. I think mum went to year nine, dad went to year 10. They both went into different trades and yeah. I think I was actually, yeah, I'm actually the first person in my family to finish high school, let alone to go to uni. And again, that still blows my mind. I don't know how I did that.
0: <laughs> so is the limiting belief based around the fact that of that higher education, that, you, that they didn't have the higher education or?
1: I think that's a little bit of it. I think it was just, I didn't think that I could do it. Mm. That, Or maybe like a worthiness of being able to do it as well. There was a lot of self-doubt there that, yeah, just not smart enough to do this. I don't know enough yeah
0: isn't that funny though you don't know enough to learn yeah
1: yeah it's right. <laughs> like so you're stopping yeah.
0: yourself before you've actually taken absolutely a step into learning yeah. anything
1: I feel like it's a little bit of a legacy from what high school was like when we were there I don't know of your mm. experience of it but my husband and I talked about it a lot um there was just one way of learning things written up on the board you copy it down maybe ask a couple questions but that was it and for someone who's a visual learner and a kinesthetic learner too it did okay considering that's how they taught things but I just you know hindsight's always there like oh knowing what I know now especially as a teacher you know I could have done a lot better but also just have to let it be that was its experience as it was and it was fine it was good but I think also having a business too has brought up a lot of limiting beliefs as well because becoming a teacher, things are, you know, highlighted to you because you're around kids and they're all very honest. (laughs) You're under a lot of pressure to do a lot of things all of the time from your head teacher, your principal, from the Department of Education, from parents and carers and all that kind of thing. And then kind of layering your own limiting beliefs on top of that, I think it turned into perfectionism for me and becoming a bit of a workaholic. And so I burnt out within the first five years of being a teacher. And I remember them telling us, us that at uni as well, you know, most teachers burn out within five years. Wow. And it was just so casual in saying that. (laughs) That's not a great statistic. (laughs) No, and it's not. And I am one of those statistics. But it just seemed like that was the accepted norm. And it bothered me, especially having gone through it, that why is that accepted? You know, that's not okay to be just assuming that that's going to happen to people and that it's kind of okay to standard.
0: Probably the same reason why kids don't get a lot out of school, Mm. because of that enforced curriculum that sort of sucks away any sort of creativity from you and the kids
1: absolutely so yeah became a perfectionist it was like I was trying to prove something to myself mostly that I I could do it that I had the smarts to do it and trying to make myself feel worthy of having that kind of position as well because I always admired my teachers And quite a few of my friends became teachers as well before me. And so, but it's certainly that lingering, limiting belief was always there under the surface. And I didn't realize that that's what it was until I was coming out of that experience at that particular school. So I was there for five and a half years and I decided to leave. And when I left, I was very excited.
0: (laughs) So excited. So this is only a recent... Well, I've just thing that you've realized.
1: Yeah, probably in the last um, yeah four or five years. Well, wow. yeah, when I realize, I'm like, oh my god, that explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I still catch that limiting belief here and there, mm-hmm. but I can process it a lot faster and acknowledge it, and just kind of let it be there and yeah, work through it. So even something like this, being on the podcast, like I said to you, that feels really scary, <laughs> but okay, I'll do it. <laughs> But being a high school teacher, would I do it again? Can I swear?
0: Fuck yeah. Fuck,
1: fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck no, I would not do it again. But was it worth it? And was it a really valuable experience? Yeah, it was. A lot to learn from that experience. A lot of really good things happened. A lot of really challenging things happened. But obviously, it would have happened in that experience or something else anyway. So yeah, it was. It was my second go at high school too. I
0: think. <laughs> you might be <start> crying. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I never expected myself to become a workaholic.
0: Mm. Uh, Do you think you're still a workaholic?
1: I'm a lot better now and I enjoy what I do. Then while I was teaching, there was some joy, not a lot. I think it was mostly just layered with trying to prove my worth. And, And that was the dominant discourse at that school too. Possibly a lot of schools was you had to prove yourself worthy of being there. And Mm. we were literally told that if you don't want to be here, here's the yellow form, go fill it out and you can leave. We were...
0: So welcoming. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So even if you were doing a good job, you thought, oh man, fuck. If I don't keep this up, I'm just going to get the boot.
0: So you never actually knew you were doing a good job. Like what they never sort of said, hey, you're doing really well. Nothing?
1: Yeah, I did. Within my faculty, I think. Yeah. We were a good faculty, especially in, in the art group. We all worked really well together and shared everything, which was great. Because I know that's not the case at a lot of schools. People get really possessive over what they create. But I still, even when I did get that acknowledgement, it felt good. But then I was just back at it.
0: Mm.
1: And my husband, he's a football coach. So back then he was doing nighttime coaching. So I'd have the space to kind of work at home once I got home. And it was very consuming. And I think uh, in the early days... Oh, there was some nights I was up until one o'clock preparing stuff for year 12, kind of like HSC stuff. And I was just on autopilot a lot of the time. And towards the end, so night, uh, 2017, I left at the end of that year, but things got pretty bad. Like I was just a shell of myself and, yeah, was not happy at all. You know, you just, you put a bit of a mask on when you're at work or around the kids and you just kind of get in there and do it and then outside of that I wasn't really great to be around and towards the end I really didn't want to be around people either uh, I am a natural introvert as well but it was definitely I didn't know how to manage the stress and there was a, a lack of support for and well-being for teachers as well because we were and it, it was really bizarre because it made it feel like it was just you like this was all in your head mm but thankfully, there was other people who were going through something similar. So we could kind of talk it out and be like, man, this is, this is really weird. This is this is not right, is it? But it's rife in education, and depending on what your principal is like and the leadership there. But thankfully, I got out. And that's when some of, you know, like the things like, you know, it, it was a couple of years of unpicking all of that conditioning from being in that particular workplace and the social and professional expectations of it. And then me realizing that, oh shit, I actually had a limiting belief about my value in society or in whatever job it is that I have, and I'm trying to prove myself here. And then, yeah, light bulb moment like, oh fuck. (laughs) I kind of did this to myself in a little way. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: is there something you think helped you in this? processing moment
1: yeah when I was still at that school it was early days in podcasts and stuff so I was listening to podcasts on the way there because it was a good 35 minute trip there and back and so I enjoyed the trip because I'd get to listen to those things and they were inspiring and so I just kind of kept feeding that stuff into my awareness and my mum's been pretty good with that too uh, when we were growing up tried to look towards the positive things wherever possible so yeah taking in lots of podcasts and I started reading books and things like that doing my best to do what I could health and wellness wise like eating well moving but for me and and, and my story I think it was really important to actually leave that place I did all the things that I, I think I could do but I, there was no real kind of no way forward with staying there yep. and it was the best decision I ever made yeah yeah it was a it was weird it was hard but not really in the end Mm. yeah
0: I suppose it's hard leaving the security of it yeah.
1: yeah and that's the thing I was there for five and a half years and I think in I've been there four years and I got a permanent position and it's hard to get a permanent position particularly as an art teacher it, it can take quite a long time but obviously I'd kind of proved my worthiness of being there and all the things that I had done and, and done a, a few uh leadership roles So I was doing um uh positive psychology which was like their version of uh a guidance teacher. Mm. um so that was really good and I got a lot of value out of that because even while I was there you know I didn't care about the the kids marks or anything like that and I I would try to reinforce that as often as I could and you know it's all about the person that you're becoming not you know sadly what kind of number or grade I have to give you because that's the system we're in and then so positive psychology was great because it was helping them I was like their school mom Mm. yeah obviously it's kind of a natural progression out of that too into to health and wellness because I wanted something that would add to my health and wellness not take away from it
0: yeah so is that when you decided to go down the route of yeah yoga teacher and
1: yeah I had this um this thought one day walking down the corridor at school super stressed I'm (laughs) like I've just got to be doing something else and I was often thinking about my husband and I we love our cafe dates but a vegetarian cafe would be really cool so that'd been in my mind a lot and I I love to visualize and play winning the lotto in my head (laughs) it's the best game sometimes it keeps me up at night with excitement but (laughs) but I'd been doing a lot of uh, yoga with Adrian Uh because I couldn't do my martial arts anymore because I was just too busy I became a workaholic very fast because it was just a never-ending to-do list so um, I needed stuff to do at home. And so I found Yoga With Adrian. And some years down the track, I just thought, if I can be a high school teacher, I can be a yoga teacher.
0: <laughs> I love that mentality. Yeah. If yeah. <laughs> so I can teach kids, you know. It really us, was that. I can teach kids. This. It really was that. Because I'm
1: like, I've got to get out of this place. And I could have gone to another school. And, and I did for, um, casually and stuff. But
0: yeah. And how does it compare?
1: <laughs> oh, casual is great. I
0: mean... Teaching oh, oh, being, yoga compared uh, being, to...
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's bliss. Like, I finished the class, and I feel like I've been in the... Even though I've guided the meditation, I feel like I've just come out of it myself. Yeah, it, it feels delightful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I first started teaching, the kids were the hardest thing in behavior management, especially being a young white woman in, you know, Western S- Sydney school. mm mm-hmm. But by the time I left, it was the admin and the leadership and just mental health going downhill and, and all that kind of stuff. I really did love the kids and I miss them and I'm still in contact with some of them, which is really nice. But yeah, it all served its purpose and I it's, I could say it's definitely helped with the the um, being in front of people and being a yoga teacher. Mm. I still, you know, have my moments like oh shit oh I've got to be in front of people especially as an introvert and I'm in the spotlight and I don't really you know historically I just avoided being in the spotlight but it feels okay and it feels safe and it feels calm and I think it's also good to push yourself too so I still have that limiting belief coming up now and then you know especially having a business too highlights where you've still got shit going on Mm. in the background that maybe you haven't dealt with like oh well people like my stuff you know what are they they thinking of of me oh is this too expensive are they gonna pay for this you know all that kind of thing so yeah just still constantly just gently working on it all like actually trying to put things into practice yeah which is the hard thing yeah so you can be aware of a lot of things but if you don't do anything about it then it doesn't change
0: yeah yeah and i suppose if you just kind of go well this is just it and i can't do anything about it well Mm. then that will be the case yeah 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 But if you sort of acknowledge it and I suppose it's also finding things that work for you as an individual, Mm. because not everything, not the same thing works for everyone, right? Yeah. So you might find like, well, maybe not you, but someone might find every morning doing a meditation and and writing three pages of a journal is how they deal with their shit. Mm. Whereas for someone else, that's, that's fucking torture, right? Yeah. (laughs) 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 Basically. So what processes do you or resources do you sort of have in practice do you have a regular sort of thing that you do or is it just sort of when shit comes up yeah Hmm. deal with it in a certain way
1: I do and I don't things (laughs) flux and flow I like to say that I've got my health and wellness toolkit Hmm. so depending on what it is that I need I can pull from that so I'm I would say I'm a very bottom-up kind of approach with things that moving my body really helps um
0: it's funny because when you said bottom up i instantly thought of down dog (laughs) (laughs) yeah there you go this is my bottom up approach Um, i've got a problem (laughs) i've got a problem let's go into down dog
1: (laughs) yeah 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 so moving my body is i guess pretty fundamental to to what i need to do but also being in stillness as well a bit of talking things out journaling here and there kind of flux and flow with journaling but yeah I've got a range of things that I do Mm. yeah and it's all like the standard stuff too meditation stillness nature movement whether it's yoga and I do like doing um strength workouts and that kind of stuff and I've recently just started doing womb yoga and that kind of stuff so it's more subtle practice
0: like as in yeah the womb yeah yeah Right.
1: so it sounds weird and out there but um it does but tell me more (laughs) I'd give it a go. So, my teacher is Clara Bade. And last year during lockdown, she created a, a container called I Am the Remedy. And so, she's also a life coach, a yoga teacher. She does EFT and um, a lot of somatic kind of practices. And I, I think I'd been kind of searching for something for, for a while, like a, something that felt a little deeper, helped me to connect into myself a bit more, but also big self a bit more you know just kind of all this modern life just felt like it was in the way and so that was just perfect timing i didn't really understand a lot of it but that was totally okay because that wasn't the point the point was just to get out of my head and into my body a bit more and it really did that and so i practice that six out of seven days a week wow um there's a lot of variety there at the moment i'm just picking from all the things that we have done and eventually I'll intuitively just move through my own practices with that too. But, yeah, that's been probably the newest thing that's come into my health and wellness toolkit. Mm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I'm looking to bring in more art and great creativity into it as well, you know, as a teacher and just having the business and the nature of what life is like. I hadn't um, really done a lot of that. Mm. But that definitely needs to be in my toolkit more regularly as well, um, you know. Puppy cuddles and hugs yeah. and all that too. Yes, um,
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> I think kind of going back to the uh, the limiting belief as well is just knowing how you learn and what supports you best because we're all individual.
0: Mm.
1: And so when I was a, a teacher, I think I was trying to be the teacher that I needed as a kid, and so that is what drove me for better or worse. For better, actually, the, the, <laughs> the worst part was you know the culture in the school. Yeah. And the leadership and stuff. But, and I guess that's why I still have those connections with kids to this day, even five years after leaving that permanent position at that school. And even at the recent school I left, I'm still in contact with a few of the old kids too, who've just finished year 12. But yeah, just, I think getting a better understanding and sense of how is it that you learn? What best supports you? Not just in learning, but in processing too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And and how important play and creativity is, mm. even as you age. absolutely we shouldn't lose that but we do don't we like we're sort of like oh that takes too much time or it's discouraged because Mm. you know whatever reason
1: I definitely lost it Mm. yeah I was a sad sack for a while (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't realize how bad it was until I was out of it Mm. and it probably took a good two years uh, 18 months to two years to fully recover from that experience you know taking the time to unpick a lot of that conditioning from that experience and uh, reflecting on it all. There was times when I was at social things and I I, I was there, but I wasn't there. Mm. I was thinking in my head, okay, I, when I get home, i got to do this, 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 and this. Um, I wasn't enjoying things. And, yeah, it wasn't nice to be around.
0: It really wasn't. <laughs> You're pretty awesome to be around now, though. I
1: know. Right?
0: <laughs> We've had fun yeah, so far. Yeah,
1: we have. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I... Well, being around kids too kind of made me realise that it's fun to make a fool of yourself Mm. and a bit of a a tit of yourself because it makes them feel more awkward than you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, Miss, you're so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) But that was probably a bit more towards the end when I I knew I was leaving and... (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, just being around kids in, in general too and, you know, doing kids yoga, I was doing a bit of that. Just going back to that inner child because it, it is conditioned out of us in, well, most of us. And it's really sad. It's really tragic. Mm. And we just take, I took things way too serious all the time because I just had this big fog and cloud over my head and I thought everything was serious and I could rarely relax, like proper relaxation. It was usually just numbing out with, you know, End of the week bourbon, um, you know TV binging or Pinterest scroll. <laughs> oh God! You know I want to I want to be that old woman who's just dancing down the street randomly and singing songs in supermarkets, which I try and do now, <laughs> especially
0: when the mood takes me. I never stopped. <laughs> no, I'm not. And that's amazing. You. I am the one that will embarrass yeah. the crap out of my yeah. friends. That's good. That's good. I'll start yeah. singing. I've done it to my mum. Yeah. Uh, there was a song that came on in, <laughs> i think we are in jb hi-fi once yeah <laughs> and a song came on and it was like a, a you know an old school rap song or something yeah. and all of a sudden i'm just like yeah. you know. <laughs> and she starts walking away
1: from me <laughs> do you have some dance moves for it too oh
0: fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. like i've always got yeah. dance moves <laughs> good
1: <You'd... laughs> yeah the joy was sucked out of me which was really sad But, obviously, I needed that experience to come out of it and, um, yeah.
0: Realise how important it is.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And so whenever I'm with nieces and nephews or friends, kids and that, you know, just go down to their level. Just Mm. have fun. Use your imagination. I still catch myself being a bit too serious at times. And, obviously, there are times and places where you do need to adult a bit and maybe be a little bit serious. Really? Um, Are there, though?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what those situations are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think as adults, we need to find more time for play and being silly and letting yourself being silly because it just gets conditioned out for us. Yeah. See, even in the classroom, if a kid was being a bit silly, I just kind of let it go a little bit because mm-hmm. it was funny. I usually, I would try and be a little bit serious, but then I would end up cracking up laughing <laughs> 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 and it would just boost the mood anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, as long as they're not being dicks, you know, at the end oh, of the day. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah. I think we can learn a lot from kids. And I I think if you're a parent and you're listening to this, just, you know,
0: let your your
1: kids have fun.
0: Yeah, let them be kids. Yeah, don't
1: condition them out of having fun and just play and using their imagination and let them be little wild things. And stop
0: telling them to grow up. Yeah. Like, I was very grow-up-averse, I think, as a kid. Like, anytime someone says, grow up, I'm like...
1: <laughs> Peter Pan syndrome. I, I
0: have full Peter Pan syndrome. I figure we have to get yeah. older but we don't have to grow up.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a good way of looking at life too. Yeah. Mm. There's already enough serious shit in the world. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean that's why I kind of try and like I'm yeah. I'm not an overly serious person at the best of times. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm the sort of person that will go to a funeral and somehow lighten the mood. You know? <laughs> like it's just yeah. Some may say that's inappropriate, but...
1: We need people like that, though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I think so, Yeah. personally. Mm. So what stupid thing do you like to do to keep the child in a childhood? I'm not thinking of words right now, and I'm like doing fire (laughs) fingers that make no sense. (laughs) Um, Yeah, go on. Tell us, what's the stupid thing you like to do?
1: There's this one particular song, and I don't even know the name of it. Whenever it comes on Spotify, it's usually when my husband's around. I do the funniest dance, so it just kind of comes out of my body out of nowhere. (laughs) I'll dance past a doorway and he'll see me, and then I'll go back the other way. (laughs) That's probably one thing that comes to mind straight away. What's another silly thing I do? Yeah, probably just breaking out and dancing. Um, got to be a good song. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Especially in public places.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll do that a bit more too. Um.
0: (laughs) Like I'll be the type of person if I see someone in public and I have, you know, I'll like shimmy up to them or something. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, how you doing? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) I
1: might think of something else after this too, but...
0: I could throw out so many weird things that I do.
1: (laughs) Well, let's flip this. What else do you do? Hey,
0: I already gave you a bunch. (laughs)
1: Oh, you know something else I kind of do? It's mostly just between my husband and I. I use silly voices quite a lot. Mm. I think I kind of got that from my dad because he used to use silly voices as well when we were little kids. But I'll just start talking in a random weird voice. (laughs) No real reason other than just maybe to lighten the mood or just to make the conversation feel a little different energetically. Mm. <laughs> or I'll pretend to be JD and talk in a voice that I think that she has.
0: You are talking about your dog right yeah, now? My yeah, my dog. Yeah, sorry, my dog. My, For those that my, don't know, her dog's name is yeah, JD. <laughs>
1: my, my fur child. So he'll. <laughs> When my husband comes home or if he, he says something to JD, you can hear her tap dancing on the floor above us. Yeah, it's
0: like she's pacing up yeah, there now. Yeah, she
1: probably is. She's like, where's mum? Yep. Where is she? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he'll he'll say something to her. I'll say, hi, Dwaddy. How are you, Daddy? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I love you, Dwaddy. <laughs> love the facial expression as well. <laughs> Could I just do that on a podcast? <laughs> but if you're listening to this and you have a pet, imagine what you think their voice would sound like if they could talk. It's so fun.
0: I I used to have a voice for my my mum's dog, it was a like a kind mm-hmm. of like a border collie cross. Yeah. And she was so beautiful yeah. but so doughy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and she'd walk in the house like yeah. a bulldozer. Yeah. And I imagined her voice was just like <laughs> She's like She was just laughing like Beavis and Butthead all the time. That's all. That's all she did all the time. Um, was just like walking, hey. He, 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 he- he. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, you just yeah. knocked over everything. Yeah. <laughs> <"Hey>, he, he. <laughs> she was such a gorgeous dog. though. that's the best. <laughs> but God. Just wouldn't even respond to a name, like she was just doughy, but so lovely.
1: Oh dear. Mm. Yeah. Maybe you know it's another opportunity for, for me to add more silly things in as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. Mm.
1: What's something I could do?
0: Oh, so many things. Mm. So many things. <laughs> <laughs> just come hang out with me, and you'll find so many stupid things to do. <laughs> Mm. Good stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. We need more laughter,
0: especially when you like you do watch kids. And I mean, I find kids amazing, especially like when they're babies, and they're so fascinated by themselves. Mm. And it's like they have no shame with the things that they do, and yep. they just find joy in every little thing. Mm. If as adults we could find a bit more of that,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: And just go rather than going on a bushwalk and just in such a hurry to get to the end. Mm. Like that's your achievement. Just walk as fast as you can till you get to the end and yeah. you've missed everything on the way through. Mm. If you just stop like a kid does and go, oh, wow, look at that rock. Oh, mm. pretty. Yeah. You know, things like that. Absolutely. Looking at the view, you know, it's yeah,
1: just. Take a moment. Yeah. Mm. I have a couple of friends who uh, it's been really enlightening to watch them parent and two in particular, just allowing their child to be a wildling and mm. try to reduce as much conditioning as possible, particularly, you know, because we tend to just replicate what was done to us, mm. but they're making very conscious choices not to do that has been really, really lovely to watch because if I ever do it myself, it gives me another model of what we could do, mm. obviously in our own way, but, you know, kids are losing that way too early Before they come to high school, and it's just really sad. Yeah, it's really nice to watch some friends encourage a slower pace of life, different ways of thinking and being, less conditioning on their kids. and And it it seems like it's really subtle ways, but I think long term, I could see you know how that would develop into, I guess, more mainstream kind of you know citizen building, because that's what schools are there for, is to produce citizens that contribute to Mm. society, right?
0: Does not um, always work out? No, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> at all.
1: But yeah, it's it's nice seeing a different model. Mm. A more relaxed model, wholesome and really heart-centered model. Cuz hopefully those kids will won't have the same level of conditioning that we had and you know they'll they'll be a, a truer version of themselves without all this other shit on top. Mm. Yeah. So, that's been nice to see. Mm.
0: But what do you think schools would need to do to create that, I suppose? Like even one simple thing.
1: Improve what specifically? Because there's a lot of shit they need to improve. <laughs> improve
0: any of it. Any of the shit that you think that there is. Yeah. What What's one small change you think they could make to improve schooling slightly?
1: The model in Finland is pretty good. They have less school time and more play time. So they have longer breaks and encourage a lot more play. Yeah. We've definitely lost that. I think it, there's so many things. It. There's a, a lot a, a teacher can do, but obviously there's a lot that a school culture needs to do, but then also above that, the Department of Education as well. <laughs> it's so layered. I know that my students really liked having some quiet mindfulness time at the beginning of the class before we started any activities, and I liked that too. It helped to get me settled and, and calm and ready for the class. So I was doing a lot of... What's that app called? Smiling Mind. It's an Australian app. It's a meditation one. Even like the rough kind of uninterested kids would come in and go, oh, miss, do we get to lay down? Oh, it was so good. It was just so nice to see that. And these were your seven-year-eight boys as well. And coming into an art class, everyone's like, oh, yeah, like don't kids love art? Uh, No, (laughs) they don't. There's a select few that do like it because they feel like they can achieve in it when anyone doesn't feel like they can't really achieve in something they're just like not nah, not doing it and so there's a lot of resistance but yeah anyway the, these mindfulness moments in the at the beginning of class particularly were really good for settling the kids and I mean, you never knew how long it was going to last. But at school too, everything is so full on sensory overload all the time, and kids are, you know, hyper vigilant too. Because depending on what the social dynamic is like in their class or within their friend group and all that kind of thing, they're just always switched on and not always for the better. And so, coming into a class, a little safe haven, they knew that this. This time was just going to be a bit of time to decompress from lunch or the transition in between classes and all that kind of thing. And there was no pressure to do anything. And I think that worked really well.
0: Mm. I think it sounds all right.
1: Yeah, it was good. I encouraged them to lay down on the floor, on the table. They could put the legs off the wall, all that kind of stuff. It didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So it was probably one of the best things I did. Mm. Yeah. And then last year I was working with students who had extreme anxiety. So just bringing all of my worlds together, education, health and wellness coaching, a bit of yoga, breath work, lots of mindfulness. And so that was really cool. Yeah. And it was nice. We still had to do academic stuff, but it was nice to take the pressure off. And I think that's what we need to do with the kids is take the pressure off. There's still a lot of pressure on them to Mm. perform in some kind of way. And that's not just coming from the school, but depending again on their family circumstances and family beliefs and all that kind of stuff about education. So there's a lot of things at play, but I think if we could help kids feel a bit more comfortable and relaxed and not put apply an appropriate amount of pressure, then that could go a long way to helping our kids. But I'm all for alternative schools too.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, some of the schools I've been seeing pop up with a bit more of a freedom aspect to yeah. it. Like they have a class outside and, you know, have different sorts of environments mm. that the kids study in. So it's not all the same sort of classrooms yeah. where they are strapped to a desk. Yeah. Like they're, they're taking them out. Like Absolutely. there's one, I think it's near Byron or something. And they have a classroom on a boat. Wow. I cool. know. It's just insane. Like mm-hmm. when you check this place out, you're just like, that sounds like the best yeah. school ever because yeah. they're just doing all these different mm. things so not every class is the same yeah. you're just a different teacher yeah. and you're just yeah. being you know because yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kinesthetic learner so I'm mm. very much I'm a doer or I'm a fiddler while I'm learning so yeah. I'd be doodling yeah. or but then that's discouraged mm. in schools yeah you cannot be distracted yeah. while you're learning and I'm like but this is how I take shit in yeah you know, Absolutely, and then repeating things over and over again like once i learn something i don't want to keep repeating it yeah bugger you like i've <laughs> learned it i could do the exam now yeah, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to keep doing it yet. yeah it's just these weird things that mm. yeah as you said like they think everyone learns the same but we yeah. don't
1: yeah things are changing slowly but it is pretty slow um <laughs> <laughs> and you know schools are a complex place to be But, I mean, historically, we were never designed to be, especially as kids, we're designed to run around and and move our energy around and to do a lot more rather than sit. Mm. We weren't designed to be in four walls for six hours a day.
0: Yeah. And I mean all this research out that how unhealthy sitting is for you Mm. and how, you know, the obesity crisis and all this sort of stuff. And yet, we're all still strapped to desks, whether it's in school in uni yeah at work yeah. You know? yeah it's like uh when are we gonna actually mm. change how we live our lives yeah rather than just going well you need to get so many steps every day yeah even they're proving that is not accurate like you could get you know your 30 minutes or 60 minutes of exercise a day mm. but it's not counteracting the amount of time we're sitting during the day yeah that's right So they're actually saying we need to move more throughout the day.
1: (laughs) And, you know, we are animals of nature. We're designed to move. Mm. Yeah. And if you don't move, you lose it. Move. Yeah. Yeah. Good old saying. Yeah. (laughs) It's so true, right? I actually have a friend who's very inspiring. She wants to start a nature school. Oh. Yeah. Because, you know, she's reflected on her own experience and now that she has children as well and, and what works best for them. I, I really hope she doesn't and I'm sure she will do it, but it, it'll just be amazing. There needs I to be more things like that. If
0: there was a school which was just all in tree houses mm. and you had to like walk across would be like Peter Pan. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Never Neverland. Ex- that's exactly what I'm imagining right now. It's like a Neverland yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be fucking brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I'd actually consider going to uni if it was like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will be one day.
0: <laughs> instead of, you know, strapped online to your computer. and Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got this whole thing of I'd like to study more, like, mm. you know, even do some stuff, but I just can't, ha- like, I can't. Yeah. Just the whole idea of lectures and tutorials. Yeah. And, uh, well. It's just not how. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. at it's the a, moment, it's definitely not for yeah. me. Who knows? Maybe one day, but at the moment, definitely not well, for the me. The st-
1: structure of university is much like mainstream schools. It, you know, And university is designed for the elite. Mm. And again, I, it's been a while since I've been to university, like 10 years or more. I don't think it's changed much. And even with the state of the world, I think they're still trying to keep it very much the same. Online learning can definitely have its benefits, especially if you get a course and it's all online. I mean, you can move your body and learn at the same time. Yeah. So it's good that there's more options available, but I still think that universities got a long way to go as well. And I think it's, you know, we're in the information age. it's, It's kind of losing its relevance to a degree as well, depending on what it is that you want to learn.
0: But I think there's certain industries which never used to be university. Like you didn't need mm. university for it. Yeah. And then they went, well, now we, it has to go yeah. through university. Yeah. And those industries, like let's say nursing for one mm-hmm. of them, <laughs> the quality of nurses that come through are not as, I don't want to say not as good, but in, in a lot of cases, yeah, they're mm. just like. Same with teaching as well. Yeah, teaching. Yeah. Like there's there's this certain level of if you, the ones that came through the industry from on-the-job experience learning that way seem to have a I'm not I'm not saying this very well
1: I know what you mean though yeah
0: it's sort of like the quality has gone down because they have higher expectations because they've got that university degree so they don't think they should have to do those lesser things because and they shouldn't have to do shift work and Mm. yeah all those sorts of things and like even paramedics used to be entry through paramedics in new south wales at least on the job mm. you know you'd still do all that extra yeah. training but yeah. it was on the job now yeah. you've got to go to uni for however many years yeah to then become a paramedic so yeah. now it's sort of taken the opportunity away from especially older population that yeah. used to go to become yeah. a paramedic so you're losing all the life experience and you're getting mostly kids
1: absolutely and i really believe that teaching and probably nursing and a whole range of other things it should be more of an apprenticeship style mm. education system Like you might
0: still have that university aspect like the oh, yeah. training Absolutely. but you're doing it in the job yeah you need the well. theory and
1: the practice at the same time but also you need to understand the reality of the job mm. as you're learning it rather than learn it in bulk and then go out and do it but what they teach you at, teach you at you uh, uni doesn't always reflect the right. reality either and you know if they did it more as an apprenticeship then they might have a higher attention
0: and more more appreciation for the job itself absolutely. rather than yeah. thinking that they're you know well i've got this university degree and yeah blah 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 yeah like hoity-toity sort yeah. of shit that they go in with
1: absolutely yeah it's a bloody expensive bit of paper too
0: yeah oh. <laughs> and i mean there's obviously there's certain industries that you can't do it like an apprenticeship yeah but ultimately you probably could yeah because what did we do before we had university (laughs) yeah it was all learning while you're on the job
1: yeah Absolutely.
0: really yeah and it works better for people who are kinesthetic learners as Mm -hmm. well because we you know you probably progress quicker i know i would Mm. if i was learning on the job compared to just sitting behind a desk i I probably wouldn't take I'd, i'd probably pass the exams and dump the information yeah after i've pass the exam so then once i get on the job i'll be like shit what was this again i have to learn this all over again
1: well i really didn't use much of my stuff from uni
0: oh i hear that way too often on on the the
1: job stuff is different
0: and and the amount of times i've been told by people who've done uni that they got told all these unrealistic expectations of what Mm. the job's going to be when they get out and then they get the job and it's nothing like that
1: yeah yeah Yeah. you can definitely do with a shift (laughs) in the higher education as well I know some people too who, who um don't value their worth either because they haven't finished high school or they themselves haven't gone to uni but I, I try you know just try to encourage and just reinforce that uni's not all it's cracked up to be mm-hmm. anyway yeah like, I, yeah I, like, there's I'm... so many other ways of learning and other mm. places that you can learn and like we don't value our own life experience enough either
0: but I suppose this is, it's not just us undervaluing ourselves, mm-hmm. it's society's expectations.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So, society, like, you, you go apply for a job, mm. they'll be like, we want the university degree. Yeah. And 10 years of experience, mm. but you have to be 19 years old. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, uh, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but my cousin, in the, the field that he works in, It's got, I think, maybe 15 years experience in it, thereabouts, and he didn't go to uni for it, but he's got all that experience, and sometimes that doesn't count for anything because he doesn't have that expensive bit of paper, Mm. but he probably knows more than anyone in his field. Yep. So It's
0: bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Mm. Them's
1: the joys. Oh, yeah, you know, being human's fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, we've been talking for a while, which I kind of thought we might. <laughs> yeah, that was always going to happen. <laughs> but I thought to wrap it up, yep. what have you got going on, like business-wise at the moment? Do you want to tell us about it and maybe tell us where, or tell the listeners, yep. where to find you?
1: So where to find me on Instagram and Facebook? I prefer Instagram, to be honest with you. feels like a, an easier platform to use and, you know, I'm a visual person and <laughs> Facebook just feels a bit too busy. Uh, but i am there ish so i'm under awaken health wellness yoga i think i've got some underscores in there somewhere
0: i'll put it i'll put it accurately yeah, yeah. in the show
1: because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. facebook and instagram is slightly different
0: okay i'll look it up yeah
1: so you can find me on there my website is awakenhighway.com.au and what have i got happening at the moment so I follow the school terms with yoga, so that started, which is good. And I'm doing fun events, so a variety of different events. I actually have a, uh, a bliss night coming up this weekend, and so that's a fusion of yin and restorative yoga.
0: And you do that every month, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah mostly every month.
0: Out at move?
1: Yes, in my home studio in the move, my little sanctuary and oasis. And so that was really designed for past Ashlyn, who wasn't doing the appropriate stress management things for herself. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really nice little two-hour retreat kind of vibe thing, just leave feeling super relaxed and just like you've let go of all your stress and I've started doing an event called art asana so bringing together
0: (laughs) emphasis on (laughs) ass
1: that's right bum up to the sky (laughs) does that mean
0: you're doing art while you're doing asana (laughs)
1: well we might get there at some point maybe I can get people to hold a a paintbrush in their foot
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were gonna say some (laughs) more (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that yeah. would be a
0: challenge well, who's holding the yeah <laughs> who's yeah. holding the canvas oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's bringing together some of my loves as well my version of a Pinot and picasso but um <laughs> yeah doing some yoga and then some kind of creative work afterwards whether it's drawing and painting and i've got one coming up in march too with i'm collaborating with my friend and we're making polymer earrings Mm. so yeah just
0: fun things and you do teen classes
1: yeah i love teens i've got a real soft spot for teens which is obviously why i was a high school teacher Mm. and um i'm i think i'm going to open up some space to do to be a teen mentor as well so bringing together my 10 years experience as a high school teacher the health coaching the yoga and all that kind of stuff because man high school's a, a Battlefield. It is, yeah. And I really feel
0: for them. It's probably worse now than what it was for us, to be honest. Like, because we got away with so much more because we didn't have the social media. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And it is really damaging. Yeah. Yeah. I would not want to be a teen now. No. Hand on heart, I can say that. Yeah. (laughs) And they've got a lot going on in the last two years. It's been pretty hellish for a lot of them.
0: Horrible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'll always have a soft spot for teens. And yeah, health coaching for adults yeah Uh, and I like to focus on lifestyle choices and um, shifting mindset and you know limiting beliefs and all that kind of stuff all the things that I've had to do for myself and yeah I'm a um, multi-passionate person, Philia. <laughs> <feel you. laughs> There's lots that I love and I think it would be going against my true self if I just did one thing. I like doing a variety of different things, but to me anyway, it's all still in the same field. It's all health and wellness and it's all just about, you know, having a more intentional experience of your life yeah so cool watch this space so it'll keep changing sorry that was my elbow fighting on the desk
0: <laughs> which you may or may not have heard
1: <laughs> i reckon they would have <laughs> it might have yeah farts are always
0: funny <laughs> <laughs> they will forever be funny they will forever yeah all right well we might wrap this up cool thanks so much for being on <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> Well, that's us done for another episode of I Can Always Do Something Stupid. If you enjoyed it, I'd appreciate a rate and review or share the love on your socials and make sure to tag me at catdim.moves. Also, follow me there for some podcast bonus content, snippets, updates, and all things yoga and movement and how to make it all accessible. If you have any fun, stupid things you love to do or anyone you would love to hear on the podcast, or maybe you just want to say hi. DM me. I would love to hear from you until next time.